Star Podcast. My name is Tom Savage. Hope you're having a good week. I'm having a pretty good week. A pretty good week. Um, and after the weekend just gone, uh, Monster were playing the Barbarians, both the Monster women and uh, the Monster male team. Male team? Men's team. Male team just makes it seem very like like those incels on Twitter who like refer to women as females. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, the Monster Women lost um, and uh, Monster won. Uh, both games were entertaining enough in their own ways. Um, I'll, I'll speak about the Monster uh, Women's game first. Um, the Barbarians were very, very strong. Um, they were, and I think in the women's game in particular, because like, like there is a difference between how the, the women's game is currently played and how the men's game is currently played. Um, the, the difference in, in physicality, I think, especially in the forwards, was, was really telling in the Barbarians. Um, and we were actually sitting where I was sitting in the stadium was right in front of the Barbarians coaches so you could hear what they were talking about during the game and uh, they were just begging the, like the players like to the mic because again like they were they were communicating with the sideline so they were speaking into their mic they were saying be more direct carry straight be more direct so like the Barbarians early on were, were kind of doing a, a fair bit of passing and stuff like that and trying to you know play entertaining Barbarians rugby, but Munster early doors were, were fairly early doors. Oh, right, mate. Uh, early on in the game, they were very um, like there was a lot of parity, and I think Munster actually did, did they took the lead. No, no, they, they came back seven seven. But the, the the Barbarians were very very physical, and I think that like the big thing for um, like for the women's game certainly um, is that individual power and individual quality counts for way more in the women's game at the moment than what it does in the men's so like some of the size that they were able to play with um just really it, monster struggled um to 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 live with the the, the collisions basically just the collisions that, that the barbarians were able to win certainly in the first half and the game sort of slowly kind of drifted away from monster certainly in the first half and they were much much better in the second but that was kind of where the result got away from them. Um, the first half, I thought, like Munster started well, um, but I felt the quality of Munster's kicking was poor. That there was certainly opportunities for Munster, certainly off nine, I felt, um, to get after the Barbarians uh, in space because I thought um, Chisholm uh, Aguero was was really really quick. Um, still had to be kind of walked around the place a little bit defensively, but. Oh, look, obviously that's going to happen. She's she's still a, a young player learning the game. Um, and I just felt that there was space plenty times in that Barbarians backfield. Um, and for Munster to get, to get after a little bit more often, I think would have really helped in that first half. But, because again, I think that when Munster were, were sort of playing so much ball in their own half of the field, now the, the weather had been really bad up until that point before the game. So it was still a little bit greasy to play with. The scrum was a bit of a mess. The lineout was was a lottery too. And um, like Munster kept going after um, trying to hit uh, Claude O'Halloran in in the lineout. Rightly so. She's a really good jumper, a really good lineout forward. Um, but just just a little, too much was off timing wise. Lost a few lineouts that that we would have wanted to keep. Obviously, um, our mod builds as a result weren't able to get any stability. And up against a kind of a, a really big physical. Um, uh, Barbarians team there was kind of nowhere for Munster to go so we needed to put a lot of lot of air in the ball um, and we didn't really in the, in, in the first half and, and a lot of the game was played in the Munster half of the field or with the Barbarians having initiative and um, we kind of struggled to get any sort of um, or, or, or like we'll say the territorial pressure that we would have needed to kind of hurt the Barbarians and just kind of make them think about jacking it in or make them think about the points after the game um, and you could hear the coaches were very much like, you know, carry direct, carry direct. Um, and when they did, they, they won collisions and they 
like he started scoring a few breakaway tries like you look at the, the the last try they scored right before half time very very disappointing from a Munster perspective that was one that I think that if Munster had managed to go in at half time without conceding that I think that they would have had a lot more to work with in the second half um, second half I felt that they were Munster were far more physical they you know the Barbarians were tiring a little bit yes but I thought Munster were um, far more on it in, 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 that, in that half Um and couldn't really get the, the scores that they wanted but like I think they were close on a few occasions and I thought that Chloe Pierce really stood out to me physically uh, Jane Clossy had some good moments as well uh, I liked the look of Alana McInerney almost got away in one or two occasions too uh, Aoife Corey had some decent moments of fullback I felt um, great to see Fiona Reedy as well off the bench she actually retired after the game as well it was her last game from Munster so um, yeah look I think that overall Munster will take a lot of, a lot out of the game because um, after the game I was kind of thinking fuck I've got none really none really to ask about this game you know because there's no like Munster game coming up a lot of these girls now are going back playing AIL so like I think well there's some of them who are going are going to go play with um you know the WXV uh, over in is it Dubai um like there wasn't much because like 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 the the group is breaking up like there, there won't be another Munster game for for this group for I'm not, not even sure when um so. There wasn't much really to ask, you know, like, because, you know, obviously after the game you can talk to the coaches, but I didn't felt that there was anything useful that I could ask him because, okay, look, bad result. You know, how did it go? Like, you could see how it went. You didn't need the coaches to tell you that. Um, and it was, yeah, no, it was, it, it was, t- it was tough because I think that this Munster team is certainly a lot better than what the scoreline might suggest because, look, Munster only scored, what, 12 points. You know, 45 for, for the Babas. Like, a lot of that came in, in the, the, the first half where we just kind of lost control of the game and like sometimes that happens where you have a spell where literally you're conceding on every other possession and that took the game well out of range I think if Munster were within if Munster were even within 20 uh, or not even 20 15 we'll say coming into that second half I think they would have had the, the impetus to go out there and you could have made the game very very close but the Barbarians had it way too easy and like you know in the second half like thing is like I don't actually I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the Barbarians at all like I thought the whole like you know trick plays bullshit I've got no interest in that none like so when I was like sitting there I could hear the, the coaches were having a fine laugh above like talking about oh get out the trick plays or the penalties put all backs into the line out put the forwards in the midfield and all that kind of stuff I'm just like fuck this anyway like if we were closer they wouldn't be doing this and it's like for me it's a bit like yeah it's a bit of fun but like fuck it you don't want to be on the other end of it either so I was a bit annoyed for them for them because I think that this monster team was more than good enough to win and I think there's some really good young players there but you know just a little bit too um, a little bit too far in the in the raid with regards to too much too much to do in the second half uh, and that kind of struggled and you know I, I think that they learn an awful, an awful lot from it with regards to like where the space is in this game if Munster choose to review it um, I think these girls should because I think there's an awful lot they can look at and go you know fuck it we need to get these girls moving like the Barbarians they're not out there they don't want to be running back they don't want to be tracking back defensively I thought Munster's lack of um, just control at halfback hurt them as well I think because you want to look how the Barbarians like structured defence wise they're, they're obviously not going to have that but like in the women's game I felt like that it's there's going to be space at the edges and a team who isn't they, they do not have cohesion or they can't have a whole lot of cohesion like there's 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 people here who haven't played games in a good long while make them work for it but our, the quality of the handling wasn't where it needed to be and I think that that's something that Munster will look back on with frustration that had we managed to won because again look I think they would have said before the game won they're going to have a whole lot of cohesion issues there's not going to be a whole load of um defensive structure that they're going to be able to work with let's keep the ball in hand true okay that would have worked and i'm saying that that would be a good thing if they were able to do that on the other hand though there were a good few opportunities for munster to just get after the barbarians on turnover kicking over the the top of the rook getting that ball angled and and, and going but just again i thought that the 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 thought was a little bit too slow and i think that once they start picking up that aspect of it the the speed that they need to be thinking at these players will improve and you know it's it, it was it was a tough loss in that regard but i think that you know if they played this barbarians team again maybe next month i think that it'd be much closer that 
they would have seen and they would have learned an awful lot from the game as a result so yeah tough loss in the end um, but you know I think they did they did battle really bravely in the second half which is creditable to them and uh, they'll take an awful lot out of it which like I don't mean to sound patronising but like it, it is a challenge game you know and I think that a lot of this team uh, a lot of that um, back row a lot of those uh, midfielders, outside backs, halfbacks even, like there's lots of role for them with uh, UL Bowes this year in, in the women's AIL. Um, they were, they've been playing really, really well and like there is a core of UL Bowes player, players in this in, in, in this squad. And I think that if you're interested, pa- you know, pop along to Anacati uh, or UL Arena this year with, when UL Bowes are playing. They do play a lovely brand of rugby. Um, and it's, I suppose that's the big thing for these girls, the ones who aren't in the in the Ireland squad, um, is to have a cra- right crack off the AIL. And when the next Interpro series comes along, I think that they weren't far away a, a couple of months ago, and they're still not, uh, not 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 that far away. They're playing a good brand of rugby, I think, and it, it, it's a winning brand of rugby. Just didn't really work here. I think that the the collisions aspect of the game, they need to find a bit more power I think in the pack part of the reason why I think they've moved Doherty Wall into the second row is to to, to get more power into the back row uh, and, and you know Dorothy Wall I think is more than strong enough to play in the second row um, but I think that they, they need a little bit more firepower in the in, in the front row and sure look injuries hurt them as well I think Dervlin Avard playing in this I think Munster are a different proposition altogether but look injuries happen it is what it is and I think that there's an awful lot for these for these girls to do for the rest of the year with regards to rugby and if you are in and around Limerick uh, UL Bowes are playing if you're in and around Balancholic check them out as well there's an awful lot to look at so hopefully we'll see this Munster team back again fairly soon and uh, yeah and I, I genuinely do think that they will learn from this not just for the next Munster game but coming up in the next number of weeks for UL Bowes and for their AIL clubs as well so uh, the Munster uh, men's game final score in that one was Munster 52 Barbarians 35 and uh, it ended up being a fairly decent crowd in for this in the end um, the crowd for the, the start of the women's game was fairly poor because I was in there since one um, part of the reason for that is look the weather kept a lot of people out from, from early on but there was an awful lot of families there um, parents with their kids because I think it was 40 euro for you know two adult tickets and two kids tickets so like a thing of nothing really um, and to be there for two games would be an awful lot for, for younger kids because where I was I was looking around there was a ton of kids that I saw who were in there so that partly explains it the Munster men's team are a bigger draw obviously so you know obviously I think it would have been much better for a uh, for a um, a you know for the, a bigger crowd to be there for the women's game but you know the the listed attendance for this was 10,427 and, and that look, that looks fairly legit um, for a pre-season friendly on, on a Saturday I think it was actually fairly good um, but yeah the atmosphere at times was pretty was pretty good as well um, yeah looking at it you know when you're playing the Barbarians it's kind of sometimes hard to take anything from it because um, I've got an interview there coming up with Dennis Leamy that I'll play in a minute it'll come up there in, 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 a, in a few minutes but as he says himself the lack of structure that's almost embedded in these games is like it begets a lack of further structure do you know because the barbarians play with so little structure that that has almost becomes contagious that you end up playing with no structure either because of just how many turnovers there are and everything is so loose um and i think that you know for munster like you look at the I suppose the the ability to kind of stamp a framework on the game because we play so much on ball rugby it's difficult to do in a way that maybe Leinster would have because Leinster play with a very like again it's a counter transition so it's easier to put structure on in that in that type of game and um, for Munster we were going to play with a lot of phase play because that's the game we're trying to build and there were some interesting things that I'll speak about after the interview with Dennis Leamy about how our, our style looks to be sort of adding the layers that he mentions himself in the article so I'll jump straight to uh, an interview with um, myself. Colm Kinsella is there as well, uh, speaking to Dennis Leamy after the game inside in the Munster press room. So I'll put that right in here now. I suppose Dennis, eight tries to five, loads of entertainment. Very happy with the way things went, sir. Yeah, look, it, 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 you know, it, it's, it's hard for it not to, I suppose, take that shape in terms of, you know, there's going to be a little bit of looseness. Um, but by and large, you know, the, the game the game threw up some very good pitches for us and, and a load of learning for our young players. You know, in terms of we had eight academy players out there, the amount that they would learn over 80 minutes there or whatever amount of minutes they got would be huge. So as an exercise, 
excellent from that point of view. Um, yeah, I, th I thought I thought um, the threats obviously that the Babas posed, the ability of their players, that's not something you see every day. So it was really good from a defensive point of view. And some of our attack was really good at times as well. But it's hard for it not to become fractured and there's lads rolling on and off to, uh, in terms of substitution. So it was what it was. Brian Gleeson, sorry, just Brian Gleeson getting his, his debut, two tries, and also we've seen his progress with the Irish 20s. Um, he's a really exciting prospect, isn't he? Yeah, Brian is an exciting prospect, and that's exactly, I suppose, exciting prospect is, is where, where he is right now, and it's important. Look, there's loads there we'll, we'll, we'll pick out there in terms of what he can do better, the little subtleties around the base of the, the, the scrum, um, you know, little things around the line-out that, 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 you know, Brian will have to polish up on. But look, as a, as a prospect and as a young player, you know, his diligence and his performance tonight really, really strong. I was just going to ask there, uh, does the Barbarians kind of, does their lack of structure almost lead to, on the other end of it, kind of a... A lack of structure in the entire game that can lead to some of the, the scores that we saw? The kind of lack of, um, so a little bit of lack of structure start to seep in. And just we spoke at half time about, you know, control. So when we turned over the ball, you know, we didn't have to score off the next phase. You know, we hold, we hold possession and at times we forced it. But that's the learning as well, and it's not a bad thing. So it's, it's, it's not every day you, you, you play in a game that's as loose and as fractured and in some ways entertaining as that. But there's huge learning for, learnings for us throughout the team in terms of coaches as well, for our young players as well. It's just how we can control the ball a little bit better. Sometimes those 50-50s aren't on. We'll never want to take that away from our players, you know, because those offloads are the ones that really stress defences. But, you know, there's a right time and a wrong time. Sometimes, you know, deep in our 22, when we're looking at the force things, see Tony Butler there behind his goal line trying to trying to run out, you know, that's uh, not great moments for coaches and coaches' boxes, but yeah, look it, it is it's, it's we'll we'll present that and we'll we'll have looks at it, look at those pictures. It'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be interesting review, certainly. And as the sort of the end to like the big preseason block this last friendly before the Sharks game. Uh, how have you felt over the course of the preseason with the, the stuff you've been layering on? Yeah, we've, we've had a really good preseason, and everyone says that at this stage of the season, no <laughs> one's unbeaten, or no one's beaten, just everyone's unbeaten. Um, and everyone says they've had a great preseason and it's the best preseason ever. But genuinely, where we are this year, at this time of the year, compared to where we were last year, it's, um, it's significantly better, we would feel. And, the great thing is the young players that have trained with us all summer. You saw Shane McCarthy today, you know, what he delivered. He's a, you know, a, a great prospect. We've mentioned Brian. I thought Jack Daly as well, an experienced player coming back from injury, thought he had a brilliant game today in the seven shirt. So loads of positives from that point of view. And look, we're building and we're, you know, we're, 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 um, we're working towards that big game against the Sharks, which will be a great test and we're looking forward to it three-week break now to the Sharks. How do you make sure that you go into that game kind of match sharp, not playing a fixture between now and then? Well, we take we take a week off, first and foremost, this week, you know, and that's, I think it's a good thing. We've broken up, the, Graham and, and Jade have broken up the pre-season really well. It's felt like, you know, three, four weeks on, a break. So it hasn't been that arduous 10, 12 weeks that I would have experienced as a player where you come back and you're just in. You know, we, we, we've gone hard for a few weeks. We've give the lads a break, get away from the environment and come back. They'll go away for this week and um, then we'll have, you know, we'll have the week we'll come back, we'll probably do a little bit more contact and training, we'll try and, you know, ramp up the intensity a little bit more and then it's probably just taper off a little bit the match week, get back into that. But we're constantly evolving, we're constantly learning and um, you know, having a break like that wouldn't be something that we're unused to either, you know, it's just... It's important that, um, you know, we, 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 I suppose, at this stage of the season, that we're controlled and we don't overwork the meter. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll ramp it up and we'll come back a little bit and then we'll judge that on the, on the fly. How much better off are you right now, three weeks out from this season, compared to this time last year, where you were new, everything, and you made a slow start, and I know it came good in the end, obviously, but how much better placed are you right now than you were this time last year? Without overstating it, um, I think we're, we're significantly better off. And there's a load of reasons for that. 
you know, we had a short pre-season last year. You have a new coaching team coming in, trying to change an awful lot. So you've Prendy's philosophies, you've got my, you know, framework in defence, you've got Kiri and, you know, the forwards. There's an awful lot of change. There's a huge amount of information for, for the players to digest. Plus, we started to train significantly different, is my understanding. You know, the pace of training, you know, the exertions needed in the training, um, that really tested players. And we, we ran into little teething problems. But I think the great thing for us was that Wig's belief in, in what we were trying to do, he could see it on the training pitch, and we stuck with it. And I think we, you know, we bore the fruits of that in the end, winning the trophy. But we just carry that forward now. And again, layering on little bits and pieces, but it's not the the huge mountain of work that we would have had to install early last year. And I think that puts us in a good position, you know, um, going forward, we're, we're, in terms of our attack understanding is really good, our defensive understanding is good, the forwards have a great idea of what they're trying to do, um, and our fitness, our ability to reproduce effort and effort is strong. So look, looking forward to the Sharks game, we really are, just to test ourselves again. So yeah, really interesting stuff from Dennis Leamy there. Uh, also, Dennis Leamy is massive. He is huge. Like, not massively taller than me, but just is just incredibly, like, wide and massive. <laughs> um, he is, yeah, really, really good, really thoughtful. Um, his work in the media always, I think, has been fantastic, the way he speaks to, to media. He's always very, like, he, he doesn't bullshit. Like, he's very, very straight to the point. And um, yeah, really, really good addition to the Munster over the last, uh, well, certainly last season, this season. Biggest takeaway I think that that, that I took from that interview was um, he was speaking about um, layering on what Munster are doing. So like last year, everything was very, very rushed um, by default. They had to make a decision on what they wanted to do, how radical the changes had to be. They went on a very radical change of of of, of uh, we'll say course correction on what they were doing from a game plan perspective from a training perspective so as a result they um you know had to onboard a whole ton of stuff in a very very short period of time um in that um in in that preseason which itself was almost like a compressed preseason so uh they went and uh yeah went to the well and i remember speaking to dennis leamy last year and he was speaking about you know certainly during the bad start the monster were having that look things are bad now but that they're hoping that they'll get it back you know come december come the run-in which obviously worked out incredibly well monster won the urc last season but like the what they would have learned that year like from well this is what we had to onboard here this is how this impacted the start of the season but we also know that we got this back at the end of the year where we were very fresh injuries cleared up you know they're going to try to duplicate that again not the bad start but the really good finish so one of the things that that I spoke about earlier with Graham Rountree was he said that they were uh, in their 13th week of a preseason, right? Which obviously is way, way longer than last year. But they've had a whole ton of down weeks. Uh, and every now and then I get a message from somebody kind of going, geez, it seems like the Munster players are always on holiday. Because um, again, if you watch them on Instagram, they go away for breaks or whatever else. They're actually on a down week again this week. Um, and part of the reason why that is, is that like these guys need rest and they don't need to be training nonstop. As Dennis Leamy said during that little interview segment there, he... Uh, as a player would have been play, would have been like training and going non-stop for the entirety of pre-season it was a grueling really really exhaustive process um, which you know what it worked at the time and maybe it would work now because you look at the way that that, that Wales basically were <laughs> getting tortured by Warren Gatland and, and they've played really well in the World Cup so far there's more than one ways to uh, to skin a cat though um, which is again when, when now that I'm saying it and thinking about it a very weird metaphor um, but you look at how every team structures their 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 preseason. It's all going to be different, okay? So I think that Munster, you know, the the, the logic behind the the breaks, the later start that Munster had relative to Ulster, Leinster, and Connacht was we went quite deep into the season last year. Obviously, um, we were playing uh, at the tail end of May, which again, late enough in the year, it's a long season. Uh, you can't work these guys down to the ground anymore. Um, like and certainly you can't do it and expect over the course of a very long URC and European Cups um, year campaign 
that you're not going to get injuries off the back of it as well. What you load onto players in preseason, like everybody's only got so much their body can take. So I think a lot of the logic is we don't want to be burning these guys out in July, August and September and then wonder why everybody's flat in November, December, January. I think that a lot of the stuff that we're looking at with, with, with Munster is we saw what worked last year. Let's not overdo it with these players. With the idea being that Munster train at a very high intensity, they train very fast, um, and and they will continue to do so. With the, the I mean, the, the conditioning the Munster are, players are expected to have to play the game that we're playing is, you know, it's fairly extreme. So, like for for me, that's a a, a big factor in how um, Munster have been using this preseason, not in the sort of the oh my god, hair on fire, we need to get our fucking shit in order last year. This year, it's far more, far calmer. And they're adding a few bits more onto their game. You saw bits and pieces of it in this game. Uh, if you can watch it back in Access Munster, if you saw it live, um, they were adding on bits and pieces, starting at the set piece off their scrum launches, off their lineout launches. There were some extra little strike plays that they were doing there that were different from last season. And adding one or two little bit of extra bits and pieces to their phase play as well. That's the kind of stuff you can do with the credit and the bank that a trophy gives you. Because one of the biggest things, speaking to a few of the players in the, in the past couple of days was, is that coming in this preseason, there was no pressure. One of the big things that were a factor in the last number of years was that there was an overarching pressure where you were thinking, we're letting the fucking club down. We haven't won anything in years are we ever going to win something? Leinster are winning something every year. Why can't we do that? All that sort of pressure starts building and building and building. And that that that, that isn't actually good pressure, right? That's, that is not good pressure. What is good pressure is what's happening now, whereas guys are coming in and they're competing at training. And they're competing at training with the young fellas who are coming in and pushing the standards as well from, the, from, from below. So what that does is, is that it sets the pressure internally. I need to keep my place in this team. And I do that by training well and playing well. When there's no mad external pressure that you're going... Because basically, if you come into the start of preseason, you're thinking, we haven't won anything in fucking years. Like, Leinster are winning all around them. Why aren't we doing that? What, like, you know, that, like, that pressure straight away is looking towards April, May, June. Straight away, you're not enjoying it. Straight away, then it becomes a, like this sort of weird kind of theoric responsibility where you're destroying yourself to achieve a thing that you can't because you've destroyed yourself in the act of trying to get it. And it's, I think that's the one of the main benefits of, of winning the URC last season in that Munster can just kind of now focus on improving rather than having that big monkey on the back of we'll be having won something in fucking 10 years, you know, and, and everything that comes with it. So that aspect of it is massive. Um, and again, the, like like the, the the space they have, the time they have, just means look, this was a winning team last year. We know we've got X number of players who are away at the World Cup, but we know that we can start building now more bits and pieces onto what the rest of the group is doing, so that when the players come back from the World Cup, they need to get up to speed, and we need to be hitting the ground running. And just creating a situation where fellas are coming back from international camp and they're going, fuck, I need to get my game up here. That's kind of what you want. You want to have that. You want to have fellas and leaders driving that while the, the internationals are away at a World Cup, certainly. So when they come back, that it's straight into it and, and that you got it. Well, I've got to retain my place here now as well. And like, I think parts of that, again, it comes down to winning back in May, the URC, and allowing that then to just drive you forward and, and allow yourself to be carried into this new era where we're not necessarily defined by failure. You start defining yourself by success and that's a, a really good positive loop to get on. Looking at the game itself, I thought Munster started really well. Uh, lost kind of control of the game in, the, in the, 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 the second quarter where the Barbarians all of a sudden started picking up on a few Munster mistakes. There was a few bad kicks, a few handling errors, a few bits and pieces like that. And the Barbarians took their opportunities really, really well. There was one, it was a bad box kick exit by Ethan Coughlin. Landed in the middle of the field the uh, Barbarians 10 um, what's his name uh, it was Julian Dumora who I was trying to think because I was talking to was it Johnny Holland before the game and we were kind of asking who like where the f like half of these guys like where have we seen him before like 
Julian Demora, like I remember because he played cast. <laughs> That's I, I only I only thought about it when I was going home. Like where the fuck do I know that guy from? Cast, of course. He had a great game. He kicked nearly all his goals. He had a really good fifty twenty two as well. And um, like you know, overall, I thought that the Barbarians were very very physical. And like some of the stuff there was, you know, more than over the top. Like you look at some of the some of the shots that they were landing in on guys, and you know, like they ended up playing with Leon and Akawara in um, in in midfield, and they had Vadim uh, Kobalash who was playing. He's forty years old, a, Mold- a Moldovan prop. Um, 40 years of age yeah but like they were physical you know they were they were, they were um, like very very direct uh, when they needed to be as well and direct by the you know I mean by that they won their collisions I think that's what most people mean when they're like playing direct because um, again I, I heard a criticism on the, on the that in, in a game yesterday that on, on what's that on Virgin um, that Portugal were playing lateral it's like well, you can only fucking pass the ball sideways. So what are you gonna? What else are you gonna do? It's gonna be lateral, you know. Like you're, unless you're literally picking and going or driving off nine, which people don't want either. Um, there, you know, looking at here now, there was actually quite a number of former cast players who were playing uh, in in this game. And again, they had that sort of physicality that um, we actually didn't really weren't massively troubled with really. But when they got into close range mall positions, I felt our our mall defense was a little bit off. Um, but you always felt that we were capable of scoring tries and we, we did so repeatedly um, and you know finished the game off really strong as well but you know when you consider a lot of the new combinations that are there fellas who would never have played with each other before um, actually thought that you know Munster did really well um, considering so just going quickly down through the team Shane Daly uh, Shane McCarthy and uh, Calvin Nash were in the back three for this um, I thought that uh, Shane Daly was a bit up and down in the game like in this monster system the fullback has to cover so much ground like way more ground I would say than what your role in the winger would be as, as a winger be you know 14 or 11 the the fullback has to cover so much ground and I think that um, Shane Daly struggled a little bit as the game wore on both in the first half and in the second half just covering the ground so like th- that will play a part in what Munster are going to do there going forward because obviously Mike Haley on top of being a like, really good player just super fit as well and, and and there's a different level of conditioning that are there because if you look at Shane Daly over the last year or so he is playing a little bit heavier because when you play in that wing role for, for Munster you do need to have a little bit of extra size and I think at the moment actually I think he's playing at over 100kg um, at fullback that will cost you and if you look back at the end of the first half there was a chase back that Shane was was, was going after and he was struggling a, a little bit going back and look again it, it is pre-season also um, but I think it's a testament to Shane Daly's um, his, both his conditioning that he was able to stick in there and actually play a fairly decent game um, and overall his adaptability in this system because again I don't think we lost an awful lot with him with him back there at fullback and I think that the more he plays there because obviously Mike Haley is out until the, new, uh, until the new year someone's going to have to go back there and cover uh, I would back out of the lads who are there because I think there's a few other fellas who are hurt as well I would put um, Shane Daly as uh, the guy to start there with the start of the new season coming um, a game like this will actually do him a world of good uh, to get back into the not shape because it's not like he's out of shape but when you are changing roles in this game like especially if the the role has a, a bit more movement required than what you had been playing in that requires a period of adaption I mean we understand that this is a fairly a fairly straightforward way to, to look at the game that you know if you're doing one thing for the majority of the season and then you're asked to do a different thing that has different a different job description and you know more ground to cover obviously you're not going to be able to do it like for like you are what you do if you are doing something and then asked to make a change there's going to be a cost it's small thing I'm, I've gone on way too long about it but that that that, it, it, that was one thing I noticed um, but Shane Daly would, would be my start and fullback for the URC anyway that's for sure um, Calvin Nash I thought had a great game really aggressive really quick um, looks like he's playing with, with real confidence as well where he's playing like a guy who knows he's the guy if that makes sense um, I felt he was unlucky to miss out on the World Cup squad I think that had he had the breakthrough season he had last year maybe a season or two earlier and look to be to be fair he had, he had a few injuries too I think that he probably would have been 
I think, or at least very much closer than what he was, you know, because he was cutting the first camp here. I think he would have been a lot closer. But um, I thought he played with real confidence here and looked like he could beat players. He was stuffing, stuffing second rows off restarts. He's yeah playing with real confidence. Physically, looks like he's really, really doing in 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 great shape at the moment. Uh, but for me, the standout guy was Shea, Shea McCarthy. Um, first year, no, is he second year academy now? Um, great game from him. Great game. He looks pro ready. Like he looks ready to go. Like I think you could start him in a URC game, and I don't think you'd be like massively concerned about him. Like, like he's obviously not very experienced at pro rugby level but he's played a whole ton of AIL games for young Munster and he gets it like he's quick he's agile he's a big physical player as well he's around 6'2 um, he can score tries he had a fantastic offload to Josh Witcherly as well just looks like a really skilled player who kind of just has pulled it all together and he looks like a guy and, and like from what I heard over the, over the preseason obviously that Shane McCarthy was doing very well and look if if he wasn't doing well he wouldn't be here but the big thing that they stood out to me was how coachable he was so like he learns something he keeps it in his head and then he demonstrates it like that's a guy who will go far so interested to see how he goes he had a great game here scored a try assisted one as well but looked really dangerous and linked up really well with Antoine Frisch also um, midfield of Antoine Frisch and Rory Scannell I thought did well Frisch looked really good um, looked like he was like you know winning collisions he was heading into gaps he was looking for passes offloads the way we were structuring our, our play I've got an article, an article coming on this uh, this week where our 12 basically plays like the outside centre and Frisch plays like the second playmaker on most of the schemes that, that Munster use and they, they will switch up every now and then but you can see exactly how Alex Nankivell and how Sean O'Brien how they will wear 12 if Antoine Frisch is fit um, and how Munster will look to use that just as, as, as a sort of a combined system attack but also as an individual unit attack there's an awful lot that the system that we're running there can do especially when you're playing an on-ball game of rugby like speaking about on ball and you know uh, high volume possession and stuff like that like Munster did go through a lot of phases in this game as well and I think it does show that if you're going to be playing like that sort of high volume passing game the quality of the pass from your your halfbacks is really important and I felt that like Frisch when he stepped in as a second playmaker was very very sharp in that regard but the halfbacks of uh, Joey Carberry and the starting scrum half Ethan Coughlin he was replaced by Neil Cronin Ethan came on again in the second half as a winger for Calvin Nash who went off with I think a HIA the uh, and Tony Butler came on for Joey Carberry I felt that the halfbacks actually did did, did pretty well on, on the whole but in the first half when the game started to kind of go away from Munster a small bit um, I think when the Barbarians came back and made a 21 each our control at 9 I think in particular needed a lot of work in the warm up you could see um, that when Ethan was going through the warm up there would be a couple of balls that would be spilt coming out of the ruck or he would take a little bit of extra time to get that ball and then get the ball away remember he's a young scrum half okay so there's going to be issues in the game where he needs to to sharpen up obviously and his coaches are telling him this I'm not telling him to try and fucking coach the guy far from it but like one of the big strengths I've seen of Ethan's game is that he is really quick and he's deceptively strong and he is really really agile so as you saw there with the, with the, the the last try where he made a break up up the the sideline beating defenders gets the pass away i felt in the in, at times in the first half his inability to get control of the ball literally just address the ball at the breakdown it kind of held him back a small bit and these like this is 100% fixable like in the next couple of weeks because this is, this is a really big game for Ethan to play because like, it would have been one of the bigger crowds he's played in I would say um, and to have like that sort of learning experience for a young player like that is invaluable because like you don't learn this stuff in training you learn that here you learn it in a game like this where oh, if you fuck up there's consequences and that sort of that feeling of oh fuck I kicked that went straight into the middle of the field they got a 50-22 and they scored off the mall because the mall was you know five meters out you look at that and you go well that was on me so you 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 you, you fix that your work in the training next week is, is is easier because you go i felt bad after that i've got to try and make sure we don't feel that way again and that's the big thing and i think looking at how 
Ethan developed as the game went on Ethan Coughlin very impressive like mentally durable that the few bad moments didn't seem to hold him back he just kept going and kept going and look it'll all come with time I think we're blessed actually with scrum halves in this province because you look at we've got two away with Ireland at the moment we've got one with a serious knee injury I think he's back in training at the moment but you look at Neil Cronin and Ethan Coughlin guys who were down, down far enough down the chart like fourth or fifth and like still played pretty well and had some big moments in the game so look I think there's lots to take for Ethan Coughlin by the end of the game I was very impressed with him and I think that that's a young player who's got a fair bit of potential um, just needs time and reps and uh, I, th- I think he'll he'll start growing into the game Joey Carberry uh, and Tony Butler Carberry I thought he had played very very well looked really sharp looked like he was moving through the structures really well he was finding passes he was bringing variety into his game he looks like he's added on a few extra kg I think that, that like they're, they're needed um, kicked really well off the tee good game from him looked really calm assured and uh, scored a nice try as well uh, where he looked agile elusive this is what we want from Joey Carberry need to see more obviously the start of the URC is a different beast but I've liked what I've seen from him in pre-season so far against Connacht and, and then here uh, Tony Butler <laughs> had a bit of fucking mad shit RFC at the start when he came on uh, inside the, the, the Munster try area try area try zone scoring zone um, but yeah uh, he actually looked pretty good when he came on too good passing looks incredibly quick incredibly dangerous with the ball in hand um and I think that there's a really good player there and he'll be needed this year because he's become our, our third choice uh, fly half just with the, the, the departures over the summer so yeah uh, I thought an impressive run from those guys Neil Cronin I thought did well off the bench also when you can consider well he's a, he's a part time coach as well now with is it Gary Owen not sure one of the two but really great to see and uh, yeah good game from those in general Pack. Josh Richerlein, Mark Donnelly. Mark Donnelly, unfortunately, looked like he hurt his knee in this game. I thought he scrummaged really well off the bench. Josh Richerlein, tired as the game went on, but I thought scrummaged really well. Good work at the breakdown, carried well. Um, took his try also. Dermot Barron went off with a hand injury. He got stepped on by, would you believe it, a former cast player. Um, and didn't look very fucking happy with it either. But thought he played really well. Looked dangerous. Line out looked fairly sharp. Uh, his support lines his running was very very good as well again physically looks like he stepped up a bit over pre-season um, which again was needed very good player very very good player now scanning off the bench had a few up and down moments but you know overall not too bad uh, Archer and Ryan Stephen Archer had some good tip-ons he had some good uh, he made some decent carries as well actually um, got hurt I think in a tackle John Ryan came on and did well also um, nothing madly spectacular second row Edwin Adogbo uh, Fitting Witcherly and Tom Ahern were the, the, the three guys we used uh, Witcherly had a very solid game overall called a good line out scrummaged at the tight head lock side as well uh, Adogbo and Ahern had decent moments as well um, again just need time to get back into the game after you know some injuries cost them a lot of game time last season especially as the season went towards the end um, but both look really good really physical Edmund Adogbo I've been assured is actually 6 foot 5 but for some reason he just looks like he's also 6 foot 5 inches wide so that that is just physica- physically Edmund Adogbo has it all and I'm just really excited to see how he goes this season hopefully he can stay fit for an extended period Jack O'Donoghue Jack Daly and Brian Gleeson were in the back row O'Donoghue did really well for the full game uh, Jack Daly was very very solid and like I think when you look at um, Jack Daly he was away there with a knee injury last season uh, basically missed the entire year after getting injured in that disastrous Munster versus Leinster game the season before in the Aviva where we lost to basically like Leinster's Academy plus Leo the Lion and, and, and the fucking Kitman um, and like he got injured in that game so he's basically been out for the last year with a, a fairly serious knee injury and to come back as well as he has you look very solid here like no massive fireworks in the game a lot of good breakdown work, a lot of tackling, a lot of line-out work, line-out lifting. He seems like a real mechanic of a player where he's not going to be the fella who'll have massive big ball carries or, you know, he's not a, a hugely dangerous edge forward. Reminds me, his build reminds me a bit of Sam Kane, the way he looks, the way he plays, um, where he's just basics 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 function 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 and players will play better around him he just seems like he's got a very rounded game like he spent the last year basically just sharpening up his 
IQ side of the game and it I think he's a lot better for it he's in great nick at the moment as well um, played, a, played a very good game Brian Gleeson though man he came in late um, Gavin Coombs pulled out of the warm up with an injury nothing madly serious um, Brian Gleeson was on the bench uh, Evan O'Connell uh, came on as well I think for I'm not sure who it was who he came on for but um, was it Jack Donahue? No, he went for Finney Mitchell towards the end, he did. And played actually quite well. I'm just looking at the, the Munster team sheet here, but they don't, they don't, they don't have Evan O'Connell in here because, look, it was late enough that Gavin Coombs pulled out. That meant Brian Gleeson at the start. And, look, elements of his game he has to sharpen up. Stuff like his uh, offensive breakdown work he has to get, you know, basically just kind of polish that up. Defensive breakdown stuff like that get his fitness up to the level where it needs to be as well because like obviously he's fit but there's a different level that you got to go up to playing that role for Munster basically half lock power forward and he is a legit around 6-4 and he's playing very heavy in the best way this guy wins collisions and he is still eligible for the under 20s this year and he is such a huge ceiling um, because it's one thing to be winning collisions against, you know, under 20 fellas, your peers. But to be winning collisions against, yeah, look, the Barbarians. But, like, these are big physical guys who, like, they may not be able to cover a whole ton of ground, but they can win fucking collisions if you run into them. Like, he won some serious collisions against these guys. And that was really, really interesting to me because... Like, he just seems like a really good role duplicate for Gavin Coombs. And at his age, to be as far along physically as what he is, but also far along intellectually to be able to play the game and run the plays that we require. Like, he was, like, in position before more experienced players for some of the calls that we had here. Like, he gets the game. He understands what's needed. He's a sharp guy. That's very exciting at his age to come into this game and to not look like a young fella who was coming in there playing his his debut yeah it was against the Barbarians but like to step in late and to look like it wasn't a bother to him that is hugely impressive and uh, I think it goes a long way to explaining why people are so high on Brian Gleeson because he has such a feel for the game at his age he scored a try off the uh, 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 a mall peel right where they knew that, look, Brian Gleeson, is, this, it's his debut. He's incredibly young. Uh, he's first-year academy, right? We know that we can give him this, which we would give to Gavin Coombs in the same spot. We know we can give that to him and get very similar results, <laughs> which is mad when you think about it. But that's the level he's playing at at the moment, where we gave him the peel and he beat three defenders, gets over for the try, and then later in the game, he gets a really good like uh, run off because uh, he's got the pace to keep up with it. He's taking turnovers. Uh, he's getting offloads away to the likes of Antoine Free. She's scoring tries from close range. Uh, Brian Gleeson is... Because uh, uh, look again, I'm not going to say, oh, he's going to play for Ireland. He's going to play for Ireland in the Six Nations this year. He's going to be the Lions captain. No, who knows? Who knows what this guy's going to do? But to see how far along he is now at this age... Uh, is incredibly interesting and incredibly exciting because like if he's got this stuff down at 19, 20 years of age first year academy what's he going to be like with further exposure to when Peter Armandy comes back in and he's training like in the academy and he's not just popping in as an NTS guy like what then? How is he going to look then? Playing and like playing and training and maybe other URC minutes how is each one of those exposures going to bring this guy on? He's got incredible talent. He's got incredible physical profile to be able to come in and, and play this game against the size of players that he was up against and do well. And and you, you could make an argument could could have been player to match if uh, such a, uh, an award was going. But that's the level of talent that this guy has. And that's incredibly exciting. So, like, with Brian Gleeson, I won't say, look, he's going to do this, that and the other. Because who knows? Young players, anything can happen. But I'm saying that he looks like he's URC ready today. That if we decided that we that we wanted to start him against the Sharks anywhere in that back row, like that he could do it and that he could play well, and that you don't have to think about that 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 role anymore. Which, considering you're talking about a year one academy guy, that's very very impressive. 
So uh, I'll be back with a lot of content on this game early, later in the week. I'll be doing uh, uh, on the 5 euro tier a look at how Munster's phase play seems to have changed and added a few bits and pieces. I'll be looking at the Connacht game and this game against the Barbarians. I'm also going to be doing on the 5 euro tier a look at Alex Nankivell uh, as he's been playing for Tasman in the uh, Bunnings NPC in New Zealand just to get an update as to how he's going and how he might fit into Munster's system. And then I'll be building to Ireland versus Scotland coming up this weekend in the World Cup also. So, it's all happening this weekend here at Premium. Thank you very much for being a, a subscriber. Thank you very much for joining me for the month of October. I'll talk to you again very, very soon.